My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Is the whole world just going to go AI? I mean, you know, think about you know, defense, you know, how data is used, how data is used in war fighting, um, targeting, um, you know, cyber attacks, things like that. Do we even, I mean, can we even, do we even have a, a real picture as to what AI is going to look like in 10 years in the defense arena? I mean, I think our science fiction is, it does us a disservice because it tends to focus on what we call a general AI or, you know, kind of the picture of AI where it, it feels very human. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that kind of science fiction. Uh, but that type of AI is an illusion. I mean, basically, if you're talking to a chat bot uh, that really feels very human or you're talking to a Siri that feels very human, uh, it's it's an illusion of humanity. Um, the more the more um, real threat is what we call narrow AI, which gets really good. And the narrow AI, which is able to do facial recognition on anybody in the world and, uh, you know, coupled with some other technology, sensor technologies to rapidly identify anybody in the world. Uh, And then we get to the point of very easily uh, enabling AI to do racial profiling, you know, based on statistics for certain types of crimes um, or uh, coupled with uh, invasive, intrusive sensors for figuring out who people are, um, you know, reading, you know, fingerprints off of their clothes and things like that. Uh, We have to figure out uh, with AI, like what some of the ethical issues are uh, with privacy and also with autonomy, you know, human human, uh, identity and autonomy. How much of uh, our lives do we want to outsource? And this is not a new problem. I think you look back um, hundreds of years uh, with any technology, uh, as you've taken on a new technology that replaces a human function, uh, you, you lose that human function. You look at the, uh, the cartoon WALL-E from Pixar, mm-hmm. and you look into the future, this dystopian future where these uh, human beings are floating around on these kind of recliners, drinking Slurpees, and robots do everything for them. And Mm -hmm. in that future, human beings become lesser. They lose capability to do a lot of things. I've lost the ability to, to, uh, my sense of direction is much worse now than it used to be before GPS. Yeah. Mine is as well. When I used to drive around and have to rely on a map, uh, I would learn roads. I learned names of roads. I would, uh, I had, before I had a cell phone, I knew a lot of phone numbers in my head. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, with, you know, by making things easier, I also, I outsourced that knowledge to a device. Now I know that a lot of technologists are talking about brain computer interfaces and kind of the future of using the brain basically in conjunction with a device. We're already kind of there when you think about how connected people are to their cell phones all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I also see that as potentially a loss. Yeah, um, I think that anytime you can continue to put stress on your brain outside of technology, 
and keep your keep your muscles, keep your mind strong, uh, that that is that's something that's important for humanity. And that makes technology better in the long run, because it means that we're better at using the technology um, to enhance us rather than using the technology as a crutch. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I had a fellow on this podcast a couple of months ago, and he said, "Look, AI, you know, from facial recognition, he goes, yeah, let's just put it in an aviation, you know, context. You know, you you book your ticket online, you snap your picture into your reservation, you show up, you walk through security, you don't have to show them anything. They've got your picture. You know, they they've got they know what time you're going to show up at what airport. You know, they've got your picture. You walk right onto the airplane. Everybody's taking your picture along the way, matching it up to your reservation, and um, you know you're good. And he's like, hey, look, you know, in in the COVID era, when people don't want to be touching stuff, you know, that that that's a theoretical technology people could be developing. Makes a lot of sense, but yeah, it brings up a lot of ethical issues along the way, you know, as yeah. well. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not too far off of science fiction to say, look, in one of the intelligence agencies uh, or the White House, for that matter, if you had a drone that had facial recognition and launch it directly from the United States to fly over to another country, identify an individual that was a terrorist and mm-hmm. take them out using facial recognition. Um, you're outsourcing the job of um, special warfare, you know, to a robot. Um, right. And so what are the ethical uh, issues with that and how far down that road have we already gone by using drones or by using other technologies um there's these these are these are considerations with ai in some ways ai will potentially solve some ethical dilemmas right now you know maybe we're being less um ethical right now than we should be so by using more ai we can improve on that um so i'm i'm trying to stay in very broad terms but uh, but I, I think that AI is is just a tool, just like like power tools or you know uh, any, anything that can help you do something faster or better. It's it's just a, a power tool. Um, so I don't see it as a threat to humanity. But I think that humanity, as it outsources more and more to technology, it continues to erode our ability to be human in some ways. Absolutely, yeah, no, no, no doubt there at all. What's the mo- what's the one technology that's got you the most excited? You're, you know, you're talking to the cutting edge, you know, the the, the cutting edge developers and all the emerging tech companies. What's the one that's got you really excited? You know, I get really excited about virtual reality. Um, I tech scouted virtual reality for several years, uh, and I personally think that we we're still in the very very early stages of VR. Everyone gets excited about AR, uh, mm-hmm. augmented reality. Um, you know, with, with, uh, things like magic leap, which is, you know, had to downsize in a big, like 50%, I think at the beginning of COVID. Um, but, you know, I think that, um, looking at the possibilities of virtual reality, along with very high resolution displays and new form factors for displays, uh, along with, um, 5g or faster, uh, connectivity will mean that in the future, both AR and VR, will every human being will be able to live stream their whole life to anyone else in the world in real time. And that changes a lot because um, you talk about telemedicine, mm-hmm. talk about uh, decentralized work, um, you know, workforce of the future issues. I talk about um, loneliness. We have an epidemic of loneliness right now, and it's really a result of 
uh, social media, ironically. You think about how social media is supposed to make everybody connected, but instead of what it does is because of its algorithms, it really creates competitions of likes and uh, looks and clicks. And in the future where we do away with some of that um, social scoring and everything goes back, reverts in some ways back to a live streaming of life, uh, we might be able to overcome some of the, this generational angst that comes from um, our, our social networking algorithms. Yeah, no, I, look, I think the worst thing that, you know, in a lot of ways, I think the worst thing that's ever happened to this country um, is, you know, Twitter and Facebook, where it's, you know, the angst and the anger all shows up on a, uh, you know, essentially a text or an email. And, uh, yeah, you think about all the divisiveness that's happening in the country now. I, 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 I honestly think that that is purposefully created by the algorithms just to keep people engaged on the platforms. and. You know, whether that's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing is probably not for me to say, but I think it's a real thing um, and something that will need to be addressed at some point down the road. I don't know how you do it, but, it, it, you know, the world will address it in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I mean, I think because of COVID, we're all having to become more plugged in than before. And in a sense, we're all becoming more and more aware of how hard it is to... Um, bear the burden of constantly being connected. Right. Um, so the question really becomes, how, do, how are we going to, how's the pendulum going to swing the other way? Uh, and right now I can tell you that I'm hungry for a completely unplugged experience, at least for a period of time, um, maybe a week, maybe a month, you know, to, to get rid of all devices and be with just my family with no, and go back to an earlier time, you know, when these things didn't exist. So I don't know if how many people feel that, but I know that there are, as my, at least my kids have told me, there are movements among kids to try to go all summer without a cell phone uh, or try to downgrade from a smartphone to, you know, flip phone. Mm -hmm. uh, so there seems to be a social awareness of the, of the uh, social media tax that's being imposed on people. Right. I, no, I, I agree. I, I can't wait for the day. I can just go to a flip phone. I don't have to worry about <laughs> email and all the other stuff, and, uh, things like that. Hey, we, we've covered a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Will you come back on and, uh, kind of keep us updated with, uh, as, yeah, as, yeah, uh, sure. you know, as, as stuff goes on. I mean, it's, I could talk for hours on this. It, it, the whole world is just going in a direction. I, you know, 20 years ago, I don't think anybody could, you know, when, when the internet was invented, yeah, maybe you had futurists that kind of could kind of see the direction, but I don't think anybody could see how far, how fast. But uh, would you come back on and talk to us some more about it? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I want to apologize for not being able to go deeper on aerospace issues, but uh, I enjoy talking about everything technology. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, and your audience. So you're the CEO of the intelligencecommunity.com. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, well, I'm pretty easy to reach on LinkedIn. Uh, I run the LinkedIn group called the Intelligence Community, uh, which we have a backlog of about 5,000 people trying to get in there right now. So probably not the best way to reach me by joining the group. But if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a direct message there, uh, that's a good way. Awesome. Hey, Graham, thanks very much. Let's uh, let's do it again. We can get in depth on some more of these topics. Great. Thanks. thanks Love so to do it. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, 
or check us out at www.northstaresg.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.